And we thought that by speaking to users more early and doing testing more early in the product development process, we could validate things more quickly and then be sort of less wrong over time as we improve this process. And we tried to do this by often me as the product manager and the product designer I was working with, we would do the recruitment for users for, especially for user interviews. We would send out an email blast through our CRM and then sit and sort of manually back and forth, try to schedule in user interviews. And we found that if we wanted to do this on a weekly basis, it would mean that we would sit for sort of three days out of the week, back and forth emailing with the, with the customers. And it just was like an unsustainable thing for us to do in, in terms of actually building this continuous process of, of speaking to customers. User research sits in a nice intersection of the two where you can think about how do we build stuff, but also how do people use it and, and behave uh, in a way that is interesting to understand, of course, when you're trying to build both good products, but also good businesses. When it comes to speaking to, to customers, the hardest thing and the thing where they spend most of their time seems to be recruitment. And it's really hard for big companies and small companies to, to find the right people and do that in sort of a scalable way. Hi, I'm Mike Green, a freelance user research lead and digital consultant based in the UK. Welcome to Understanding Users. In this podcast series, I chat with digital experts from a variety of disciplines, including user research, UX and service design, development and product management, and there's even a founder or two. I talk to them about how they came to be in their current roles, what they've learned along the way, and the challenges they face in designing and building digital products and services with users in mind. And while many of these conversations are recorded remotely, I'm also keen to get out into the wild and meet my guests face-to-face -face where possible. So in some episodes, you'll hear me prowling the corridors of UX conferences in different parts of the globe to get the views of speakers and attendees alike. These are intended to be relaxed, informal chats with professionals who are keen to share their experiences. So sit back and enjoy. I'm delighted to announce that Understanding Users has a sponsor. Have you or your team ever struggled with getting the right types of users at the right time to speak to in your research? Have you wasted hours emailing to and fro with research participants trying to find a convenient time to speak to them? And after all that, have you found yourself speaking to the wrong type of participants for your product? Or worse, simply have participants fail to show up at all to a scheduled research session? Well, Ribbon is a continuous research platform that lets organizations do user interviews and in-product surveys in real time with customers as they use your website or apps. User researchers, product designers, and product managers all use Ribbon to quickly and effectively validate product decisions with real users, helping them build products that attract and retain more customers. Ribbon is an end-to-end -end research platform, helping you target participants within your product, manage research incentives, run surveys and interviews, and store and share your findings. To start running in-product user interviews or surveys today, head to ribbonapp.com to get started with a free trial. Links are in the show notes. So who better for me to talk to in this episode than the CEO and founder of Ribbon, Axel Thompson. Axel and I chat about his own career pivot from product manager to digital startup founder, and how the challenges faced by his own team with recruiting the right users to research with at pace and at scale led to the genesis of Ribbon. We discuss his views on the future of user research, the lessons he's learned as a founder, and the importance of resisting the urge to fill awkward silences when interviewing your users. Finally, he plays my three-card challenge to share his favorite UX tool, favorite technique, 
and a trend he sees in the future. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So I'm joined this time by Axel Thompson, who's founder and CEO of Ribbon App. Uh, hi, Axel. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. So we'll come on to, to Ribbon uh, in a bit more detail in a minute, because I'm really keen to hear about that, and particularly your journey from uh, you know, into becoming a founder and uh, kind of starting a startup. But first, it'd be good to hear a little bit more about yourself. So, you know, how did you get into digital, Axel? What's your sort of career path to date? I actually started out my career as a product manager um, at a high growth startup here in the UK uh, called Gusto. Um, I originally joined their growth team working on growth experiments in relation to improving retention and, and also acquiring new customers. And they got a feel and taste for how fun and, and interesting it was to build and, and sort of work on improving products for, for customers. Worked closely with the product team there and eventually became a product manager on the sort of product management organization in, at Gusto. And there found how hard it was for us to actually make informed decisions about our product. We would try to incorporate these notions of continuous discovery and continuous research into our decision making, but found it extremely hard to involve actual customers in that process. And that's why we're now working in, in the space of uh, continuous user research and, and, well, trying to help other product teams to do this type of, of research. And, and taking a step back before kind of Gusto, what, what was your, you know, for example, what did you study? Kind of what, how, what's your pathway into digital originally? Yeah, I, I think I've always tinkered with building websites and stuff like that as well. We had a class back in middle school when I was, I think it was 12, we started building basic HTML websites, always been tinkering with that. And then at university, it was a mixture of some computing, some more business-oriented stuff. And then I did my master's in, um, well, it was a research master's in, in brain sciences, focused very much on understanding the sort of neurophysiology of, of, at that time, it was macaques and understanding how their sort of brains work when they make decisions. Always been very interested in that space of, A, the more fluffy psychological side. How do people think? How do they uh, ultimately interact with products? And then also the building side, uh, building products. And, and I think uh, user research sits in a nice intersection of the two where you can think about how do we build stuff but also how do people use it and and behave uh, in a way that is interesting to understand of course when you're trying to build both good products but also good businesses yeah and they're fascinating that uh, yeah research with macaques that does sound fascinating what do you what do you love axel about this world to so our world in a user experience user research digital and and what frustrates you it's a it's a Really thankful field to be working in. Uh, we speak to, our team speaks to, um, well, most of our people on our team speak to multiple researchers, uh, be it prospects, be it customers, um, every week. And it's it's quite a fortunate position to be in, to be able to speak to people that are researchers themselves in some capacity. I think, obviously, being a researcher, a, a big important trait is to have a lot of empathy and also a lot of curiosity. And we get to speak to people that are extremely curious, extremely empathetic, and try to understand what they do. And I think that is just like a really exciting place to, to be an exciting area to work in. I think things that are frustrating, it's, it's often very hard to do the type of research that people are wanting to do. Understanding how people work in any setting, of course, is extremely hard. But understanding how hundreds of thousands of users work when they interact with a very clearly defined product um, can lead you in many ways and, and, and astray many times. And, and that's a complex thing to try to understand. So kind of moving on to sort of Ribbon itself. So how would you describe Ribbon? So if, I, if I'd never seen it, never heard of it before, uh, what is Ribbon? So to understand why we're interested in, in working on this, I think uh, an interesting 
thing to think about is how we started building Ribbon in the first place. Thinking back at when I was a product manager at Gusto, we were trying to build out this process and, and uh, habit of continuously speaking to customers and continually, continuously getting them into decisions that we were making. And not only doing that continuously, but actually doing it much more early on in the product development cycle. So if we worked on a feature for, say, four months and it shipped it and it failed, we had then wasted not only the time that we spent on building this feature and the sort of uh, effort that went into that and developer time that went into that, but we had also had a high opportunity cost in terms of the stuff that we didn't build. And we realized that if we could find a way to continuously validate decisions that we were making in the product team much more early on in the product development cycle, we were over time going to be less wrong and we were going to build a better product and we were going to be able to sort of grow the business much more quickly. The problem was that if we wanted to do that, it was a lot of work for us as a product team to actually sustain that uh, amount of research. We didn't have a dedicated user research team. It was mainly the product designers and product managers doing actually all of the recruitment, all of the research. And if I wanted to do a user interview, I would sort of spend three days out of the week back and forth, emailing with users, sending out email blasts through our CRM just to set up two interviews the sort of next week. And if, obviously, if we want to do this on, on a continuous basis every week, it would mean that we as a product team and product function spent all of our weeks just emailing with users, not really sustainable. The alternative was that we could go to an agency and recruit participants uh, through, through an agency, but the people we then would get to speak to were broad stroke segments. They weren't our actual customers. They hadn't used our product. They didn't have the needs of our customers. And the information we then got in was often misleading and, and at least low quality. So we were stuck between this hard place, a rock and a hard place where either we could speak to people quickly and they were panelists and they didn't really simulate or emulate our users' needs, or we could speak to our actual customers, but then we would have to spend our entire week doing this recruitment and, and trying to find people to, to speak with. And out of this is, is really where, where Ribbon was born. We, as a platform, are an integration that you add into your product. So we have a SDK that you can add into your website or your mobile application. And that then enables you as a researcher to use the Ribbon research platform to run either instant or scheduled user interviews, but also in product surveys and, and product testing at different points in the user journey. So you can define specific user segments within your user base. And then you can say that when they go to the checkout page, launch um, screening survey, and you can then offer them incentive and they can join a video call with you. And you can then run much more targeted research uh, that is in-depth and it allows you to have back and forth conversations with customers and ask more complex research questions. But you don't have to compromise on A, how quickly you can run this or the sort of relevance of your participants. Those challenges you talked about with recruitment, that totally resonates with me. I mean, I think anyone who's ever tried to do user research, is, yeah, it's a it's a perennial challenge. And I think particularly my experience, stakeholders and, and project teams don't often realize the amount of effort required to find people to talk to. Um, to find the right people, absolutely. I think I think just on that, like when we speak to to prospects and customers every week, and the the biggest challenge, regardless if they're designers, regardless if they're user researchers or product managers, when it comes to speaking to to customers, the hardest thing and the thing where they spend most of their time seems to be recruitment, and it's really hard for big companies and small companies to to find the right people and do that in sort of a scalable way. So who are the intended users of Ribbon? Is it just user researchers or is it kind of any any product team, anyone within a product team who wants to conduct research? It's a good question. I think I think the broader answer is anyone that's trying to find out 
things about their user base that relates to how they use their product. Uh, and that can be user researchers, of course, but also product designers and product managers. Um, really, how many user researchers rightfully think about it is a, a tool like Ribbon, a platform like Ribbon, that allows you to do things like in-product user interviews and in-product surveys and, and testing. It's, it's fit for some type of research questions, and you use whatever tool is useful for answering your research question. So, but, and then, of course, that means that depending on the research question you have, different tools will make the most sense. We really focus on in-product types of research where you are trying to understand very specific things about your user base as it relates to how they interact with your product, how you can improve your product, how you can test different designs uh, and things like that. Uh, and those questions, it depends on the company you're speaking with. Often it's user researchers doing that type of research, but we often also see product designers, product managers doing and getting involved in that type of research with, with uh, their user base. Also kind of usability testing for prototypes, that kind of stuff, would it, would it be suitable? Yes. So we currently support moderated user interviews and, and surveys, um, and we're working on expanding the platform to support other methodologies as well. Um, you can currently run things like, uh, well, a moderated video where you video call where you have um, a Figma prototype that you might want to test and send that over and, and sort of record how to interact with that. Um, but a, bi a big shift we see is that um, a lot of user search functions seem to be overwhelmed with the sort of demand for the amount of research they are expected to do and, and the product teams want them to do and external stakeholders want them to do. And they often don't have the capacity to run all that research to, to high quality. So a big trend that we're, we're seeing or, or think that we're getting exposed to at least is that many product teams are actually taking on some amount of research themselves, uh, often referred to as a sort of democratization of executing on, on research. And that seems to, well, it varies at different companies. Some companies have PMs getting involved in doing user interviews. At some companies, it's user researchers doing the user interviews and, and PMs and product designers doing other types of testing. And uh, I'm I'm really interested to hear the kind of the founder journey as well. So, kind of how did you how did you go about uh, you know creating this 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 platform from scratch? We've we were fairly uncomplicated in how we went about it. Um, in we didn't have a massively thought out scheme for how we were going to grow this to to be massive from the from day one. Uh, it was really a need that that I saw in in my day to day role, and also as a product manager, I tried to speak to a lot of people be it other PMs, be it user researchers, designers at other companies to see how they did it. And from having those conversations, it became clear. I remember one conversation specifically with a, uh, I think it was a researcher at Google, and they just described that they went through the same process for recruiting users, but at a, at a bigger scale. So they had hired a big research ops team to do all of the recruitment, and they still ran the user interviews in, in the same fashion. And it then seemed kind of crazy to me that um, the, the way people solve this is just by hiring more people to do the thing that is fairly unscalable at a, at a big scale. And it seemed crazy that we had at Gusto this, this engineering team of hundreds of people, but we couldn't really easily, quickly talk to people that were using the product, even though we had a direct interface with those customers. So what, what I started doing and then having some background in, and I've now realized I'm actually a terrible engineer now that we have actual engineers that we work with. But at the time, I, I started building on a, on a prototype and we put it up on Product Hunt uh, pretty much as soon as, as it was um, built uh, and it was a, just a simple way for our customers to launch a widget on their website and have instant video calls with with their customers. Um, looking back at it now, it looks terrible. At the time, I thought it looked looked great, um, but it had that basic functionality. And as soon as we put it out to to the world, uh, we started getting some feedback and, and people interested in trying it out and started sort of resonating with people. 
and we've started building from from there. How many of you are, are there at Ribbon? So we're now 12 uh, people, all based in London, heavily skewed towards sort of product and engineering. So we're currently still working on expanding the platform, adding support for different types of research that you can do and, and will be able to do on, on the platform, um, all, all based in London. So we just raised our seed run from Octopus Ventures a few months back, and we're now building out the sort of early kernel of a team that are going to see us through for What's been easier, uh, Axel, kind of than you expected in terms of of uh, creating a startup from from scratch and kind of scaling it, and, and conversely, what's been harder? What are the kind of unexpected challenges you you, you deal with on a day to day basis? Good question. So the thing that I've found has been fairly easy. Um, maybe easy is the wrong word, but it's it's very easy to be engaged in this space. Like it's an extremely interesting space to be in because a I think there's something intrinsically fun and interesting about building products. There's something intrinsically interesting in building products for other people that are curious explorers and researchers that try to understand their users. That whole sort of psychology element is, is really interesting, which means that um, I think it comes quite naturally that we try to think about how do we do this, how to do, do this better, and how do we improve the product? How do we make it easy for researchers to do their research? That's something that makes it quite fun to be working in this space. It's engaging for the team to be working on this fairly hard problems to solve in terms of how do we make sure that research can happen almost instantly in really complex sort of production environments. The thing that's harder, I think I've realized that building companies takes a lot of time. Uh, it takes a lot of effort and, and just like building a, a good product, it takes a lot of um, testing and, and trying to, to get right. And, and uh, we think it's going fairly well, but uh, it's a continuous process. And if there was one thing uh, that you could tell your younger self, your kind of yourself at the start of the journey, one thing you know now that you wish you'd known at the start, what would it be? I think that's a great question. I think one of the things looking back that has been useful has been trying out a lot of different things. Uh, I never considered myself an engineer and, and I definitely am not one and I'm, I'm not good at programming in, by any stretch of, of the imagination. But by testing out, tinkering with different websites and stuff like that, that's allowed us as a team to get started from, from where we are. Um, so we could build that first prototype, we could test it out, um, equally exploring areas that are interesting, such as sort of psychology and, and product development and stuff like that, now means that our interest has led to us working in a space that is just really interesting. I don't think it was some master plan that we thought out. It just sort of happened to to be something that was both useful for our customers, but also something that we found really interesting. So I think the habit of continuously just testing things out, learning about new, new areas and stuff has been really useful. And and the, the, the research ops bit, if I can just pick you up on that, because that's, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, it, I suppose it's a bit of a luxury that organizations that have the scale and the budget to have a research ops team uh, the organizations I've worked in, we've never been able to do that, really. There's never been a dedicated team. But, um, you know, how? What, what's the makeup of teams like that? And what are their kind of primary roles? Yeah, I, I would completely echo the sentiment that it probably is a luxury to have it. Most of the teams that we speak with don't have a dedicated research ops function. And, and some teams that are sometimes fairly developed have, uh, or they have a, a large enough research operation where they need people that actually sustain the operation and, and think about how do we shape and change this operation to, to continue to scale, um, are, are like in a, in a fairly strong position. I, th I think the, the, we don't know yet that there is a specific pattern for which 
exact companies will have research operations and which seem to scale without it. There's no doubt that the teams that have research operations that we've spoken with, the research ops teams are brilliant and they do really good work and they really enable the teams to do the research around them to to do that on a bigger scale and do it much better and, and stuff like that as well. I think in terms of what we're think, trying to do as a platform is enable anyone that thinks about how do we do research and are actually involved in executing that research to do it even better. So for example, if you're a research operations specialist and you're trying to think about how do we get our research team to get access to the best participants for their research questions, toolings like like Ribbon can help them do that and, and achieve that goal. Equally, we also see some companies that don't have user researchers at all, and they rely extensively on their product designers and product managers to get involved in, in doing research. And there's definitely pros and, and cons with that as well, um, and that, that we can discuss endlessly. But those teams as well need tooling to be able to sustain and support their research. And and there, there's ob- obviously different reasons why they've gone in that direction as well, which, which we can also discuss. But regardless of the makeup of your team, the people who do research want to overcome the barriers and challenges that come with actually setting up the operations around that research. And that's where we as a, as a platform can have impact. Kind of on a, at a meta level, if I can put it like that, you know, you're, you you have created a tool for, for researchers and for product teams. How do you research with researchers? Kind of what's your approach to um, improving the the, the the tool itself as, as you go through and kind of as you develop it? Yeah, really good question. I think it's it's far from per- perfect in, in many senses. We're still at an early stage where we're shaping and changing the, the product to, to make it even better uh, and are moving at a fa- fairly fast rate to do so. What we do do constantly is just speak to people. So we have with customers, we'll have direct Slack channels where their teams, A, can provide feedback to us, but also we can provide support to them to, to help them use it and utilize the platform more. We run, uh, so even our sales team is involved in doing more discovery type of, of research. And, and obviously they have sort of sales targets that they work towards, but the way they go about sales isn't necessarily just working on, on closing deals. It's actually trying to understand how do we understand the prospects that we're working with, the people that are interested in, in using platform like ours to, um, to understand their needs and stuff like that as well. Our product team works with countless prospects and, and customers on a, on a weekly basis to understand how do these fe- new features work for you? Do they meet your needs? What are your needs? And, and test them with users as well. So we, we try to triangulate with different methodologies. We run user interviews, we run surveys, we run sort of concept tests and, and stuff like that as well. And then what we continuously try to do with customers, we continue to just have a conversation with them. How, how can we sort of make the platform better for you? One thing that we found really pleasantly, not surprising, but just like a pleasant thing about, about the space is that we haven't really met many user researchers or people that do research that are um, hard to get a, get on with. They they tend to be quite open and, and happy and, and interested people and, and interesting as well. And that makes it a really fun fun space to work in. I totally agree with that. One of the many things I love about this world is 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 the people we have the, the pleasure to work with. Um, yeah. And I and I think a lot of it's interesting because a lot a lot of URs I've worked with come from a psychology background or an anthropology background because the, the the sort of intersection between technology and, and humans is is ever fascinating and actually that leads on to the next question you know how do you see this world evolving in terms of product design product development kind of the role of product teams in technology as as you know ai everyone's talking about it now you can't turn on linkedin without seeing a chat gpt post um how do you see kind of our role 
whether it be researchers or product teams kind of fitting into that evolving space. Barring topics like like AI, which obviously are having and are going to have a lot of impact in, in many areas, not just user research. I think there are two things that we think are going to be true going going forward and, and be more true the, the further along we go. So there's going to be more types of research happening. Uh, it's going to be more impactful. And the reason for that is that it's going to be easier to some extent to do the like really impactful research. Today, there exists a lot of barriers to doing really good and continuous research. Even getting a user to speak to, like we had Augusto, it was, it was really hard to do. It takes days of work to just get a person in there. When you do that, you probably don't even get the right person in. And then they're already outside of the context that you're trying to do research in. What companies like Ribbon are, are doing is building tooling to make it easier to do really impactful research, which means that the impact of doing research is going to be much more evident. It's going to be much more integrated into the process of building a product. So we think we're going to, we're already seeing this with people like Teresa Torres that are, are speaking about continuous discovery, where it's like a much more continuous motion of, of doing research. I think research is going to be, to a large extent, much more integrated into the product development process. And by being in that position, it's going to be much more impactful on the products that we shape and change. And of course, if research is more integrated and has more impact, that means that the products we build are much better. I think how you implement that differs from different companies and different spaces and different sort of product areas. But I think that's the sort of general direction we're, we're heading in. And in terms of advice for for non-specialists um, involved in you know getting feedback from their users, conducting research, um, people who might have come from a you know technology background or a product background rather than a specific research background, what advice would you give them in terms of the best way to go about kind of understanding their users? Yeah, I, I, I'd say keep an keep an open mind and and sort of get involved. So I've never spoken to a user researcher that doesn't want to sort of support the product teams that they might be working with. Often they'll be constrained in terms of time and projects that they can take on, but they never want people to sort of not think about research. Often it's the opposite. They want people to always think about research, be open-minded to that you not, don't always know the best practices and it can be hard to find the right answers. But the, the right direction to go in is try to understand how do we get closer to the truth by to some extent doing research, making sure that we do that in a really good way. And that's where you can rely on the sort of experts and, and best practices and stuff like that as well. But try to move your organization in a direction where more people are thinking about research, more people are utilizing the insights that come from research, because really what that is, is just trying to get closer to the truth and understanding how you can make sort of better decisions. So the takeaway is always be researching. Always be researching. And I totally, I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, last thing then, Axel. So the three-card challenge. So uh, as I do with all my guests, I've got three playing cards here. So we've got the Queen of Diamonds, we've got the Jack of Clubs, and we've got the Ace of Hearts. And I've written tool, technique, trend. So choose one. I think the trend is the interesting one, um, the, the, the trend card. Okay, so yep. So the Queen of Diamonds is the trend. So tell me, what what trend you see or foresee uh, within within our world, kind of over the next sh short term or medium term? Yeah, I, I'll I'll hold off speaking about things like AI, which obviously is going to have to some extent transformational impact in 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 many different ways, uh, just by being a really powerful technology. I, one trend that I find really interesting that we spend most of our day thinking about is this motion towards continuous research and continuous discovery. So 
many companies are now working on like very much like a project-based research model. And even in, in doing project-based work, there's often very distinct points in, in this project where research happens. At Gusto, um, at least in the product team I was in, often we would centralize research around projects that were really big because they were really important. And that's the, what we had the resources to do in terms of research. But we were also as a team trying to move towards a more continuous model so we could validate things more early, validate them with actual customers and do this in a way that didn't slow us down in terms of shipping speed, but also the impact our product would have. And I think it's, it's a, well, it's a completely sensible direction to move in as a product team. We know a lot of teams have throughout the last decades moved towards more agile ways of development. Part of that is just making sure that you can continuously iterate and, and move forward much more quickly and change and shape the direction depending on the information you get in. And of course, to do that, you need to get that information in. And that's where sort of research sits. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, then two more cards. Tool, tool. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about tooling. And I'm going to have to exclude ribbon from that, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll speak about uh, more broad strokes tooling. So I think there's a category of tools, which ribbon, of course, is included in, which is sort of product-focused types of research very contextual types of research where you have some type of platform integrated into your product, uh, which means that the context of your product can be more easily invited into the research you do, be it for running surveys, there's lots of tools for that, but also for doing more in-depth type of research like user interviews, unmoderated testing, tooling that allows you to go into specific user segments at specific points in the user journey and, and run your research in that context allows you to get much more relevant insights out because the sort of data that you get in often of course will impact the quality of the data that you get out i like that right and then the last one is the jack which is a technique tell me about a technique i'll speak as a product manager yeah i'll speak as a product manager who ended up in the sort of user research space one of the things that i got hammered into me early on and that i have have kept with me is just being quiet. So in a conversation with a with a customer, it's very easy, especially in how we naturally converse, to want to fill a space, be it because it can be awkward when it's quiet or just because you have something really exciting that you want to say. But actually what you're trying to do in a conversation with a customer is trying to understand what's their view of the world, what's their behavior, what are they thinking? And the, the best, and, and there's tons of other best practices, of course, like not leading, having leading questions, stuff like that as well. But one of the best things that I've, seen in so many situations that can really help you uncover really useful and impactful information is just just be quiet when when you're trying to get some information because that will naturally prompt the, the participant to convey more information to to give you more and, and dig deeper i think that's absolutely spot on yeah and and it's it's reading between the lines it's not it's yeah. often what they're usually what they're not it's not what they are saying it's what they're not saying that's yeah. where the kind of sweet spot is yeah exactly um, so totally Totally agree. That's been great, Axel. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. If um, people want to find out more, what, how can they find out more about Ribbon? So we, we try to be really easy to get in touch with. So if you send us a, a message on our, our chat tool or an email, um, we, we, we respond fairly quickly. You can find us at ribbonapp.com and I'm axel at ribbonapp.com. So if you have any questions or are interested in trying out in-product research, just, just pick us an email. Thank you so much, Mike. Really good to catch up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Understanding Users podcast. I hope you found something of interest that you can take away and use in your own role or organization. And special thanks to my guest, Axel Thompson. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, do please like or comment wherever you're listening and feel free to share this episode more widely. And feel free, of course, to drop me a line with any feedback via LinkedIn or my website, researchable.uk. Links are in the show notes. You can find out more about our sponsor, Ribbon, and their rapid continuous research platform at ribbonapp.com. Links are also in the show notes. Join me again next time when I'll be talking to another experienced digital professional and asking them to share their wisdom, tips, and knowledge. Until then, stay safe and stay user-centered.